Okay, with Rachel Deutsch, uh, Carelessly There is the short film play at the LGBTQ plus uh, film festival. It's a really interesting form of film. And in its basic sense, if this is a coming of age story, would that be a correct assessment? I think so, a coming of age and friendships in some type of way. Um, yes, Carelessly There, thank you so much for having me. So it's like, it's somebody like your main character is, is confronting her own identity and basically, as I'm just paraphrasing your synopsis, but basically totally. like, there's lies that we all tell ourselves in, yes. in especially when we're young and then we have to sometimes either we come to terms with those lies or we don't and then she's coming to terms with those lies I guess right I think so so I think in that way we like come of age constantly in all these different areas of our life so she is definitely coming of age in her own identity at the in this film yeah and so she will like it's one of those things where like there's an arc and she'll never yes. be she'll be a different person from here on out so hopefully yes <laughs> So tell me about the idea, because you're an actor by trade, but you you're you didn't you chose not to to act in this film. Yeah, I also uh, I didn't write this film. I created it with my best friend Isabel Fenn Miller. Um, so yeah, I'm an actor by trade. Me and her actually went to acting school together. We went to NYU, and we had been told to make our own work. And this is an essay that she had written a few years ago, and we decided to adapt it into a film. So uh, for me as an actor, I always think like, I wanna be a part of every project I possibly can be a part of, but there's not always a role for me in every project, meaning like, you know, maybe they're looking for somebody different or I don't necessarily connect with it. And so I've been directing the past few years to sort of have that be a part of my process as well. And so with this piece, we really wrote it for the actors involved. We knew all of them and that's sort of how it came to be. But you're so basically so you're you have an agent, an actor agents, you go for auditions. Totally. Basically recently enough, the feature film, correct? On, yes. It's on Amazon right now? Yes, yes. The film Never Forgotten. Yes. I was an actor in that and film. Then, yes. And then you do and then you do like these directing kind of like proof, like almost like you're proving your your call, you're proving your worth <laughs> as a director, I guess, with these films. I hope so. I think so. Yeah, my brain really works in that way as and I love to be a part of everything. And sometimes as an actor, you don't necessarily get to be like, so are we going to do a two shot or like, when are we going to the wide? You don't get to have those conversations on set. And so I'm sort of forcing myself into those conversations by doing it myself. And I love this part of the process. Well, one of the big parts I'm sure you can understand is that is a lot of the performance gets molded in the editing room, right? So you get, yes. as, a, as a working actor, you get none of that experience you don't even you totally don't, you can't pick your takes you can't pick your your scenes you can't pick anything right <laughs> it's funny that you say that because in my next project I'm so focused on post-production now because of the past two I've learned like a film really gets created in your edit right yeah. and so I think as a director I really pride myself on being able to speak to actors really well and make sure everything is really clear for them and like do they want to see the frame do they want to know our plan because Sometimes, like you're saying, you could do give so, so much. And then in the edit, it's completely shifted. So I'm trying to really work on that full 360 plan. Yeah. And does it, does it, I'm just directing, do you think it made you a better actor as well? Yes, completely. I, I think I have such a better understanding of how to communicate with other people on set. I think I understand how to craft my own performance in a private way versus like a really public way. Um, and yeah, I think they go hand in hand. I think everybody should direct. I think everybody should act so they know how it feels on the other side. 
And then yeah, you learn like you're learning the camera too, right? Because if the camera's yeah. telling your performance. Yeah. 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 The camera is a character. I mean, that seems like the most simple thing for um, you know, directors to say, DPs to say, editors to say. But then when you're in acting school and you're being taught to be like a theater actor and a clown, you're not told about this camera thing so then we all go to film and we're like what's going on what's that and you're like projecting and you don't need to do that so I think learning about the camera is again something that like everybody should get behind everybody should get in front of yeah it's very much a technical process like you have your you have your blocking and you have your your, mm -hmm. your like marks and but so then I'm, I'm assuming you're like you're, you're now observing what the deep what the dp is doing and like how he's staging the shot and like what lens are it's a whole yeah. different process, right? Yeah, and it's so I, I what's so exciting to me about it is it's the only one of the only jobs I think where every decision is made based on feelings. So every decision, but like what lens you're using, if you're using um, you know, a 16 or how close you are, how far you are, it's all based on what do we want people to feel and what is the goal of that. And I just find that so exciting versus in other jobs, maybe I don't know, they're trying to like save somebody's life or something. We're just trying to make people feel. Yeah, that's the job, right? <laughs> that's the job. And so, I love okay, feelings. so tell me about this this film. So you got so you said you yeah. worked with the uh, the writer uh, Isabel wrote yes. the screenplay. Do you remember when you yeah. first read it? Well, she read it out loud as an essay for us in a class. So oh, there was wow. like six of us in this class. We're all reading, you know, our personal writing. It can be anything, and she wrote this essay, and you know, this is maybe like 10 years ago. I have never forgotten it. Something about it just sort of like got into me. And it was so interesting to me of like who we were sort of connecting with because everybody was very nuanced. Everybody was not quite great. Everybody was making bad decisions, which is definitely how college felt, right? Like you're never making a good decision every single day with your friends or your relationships or your, I don't know, school. And so yeah. And then, you know, fast forward, we both live in Los Angeles. We've become really good friends. And I've made my first film that I've written, directed, acted in. And I was like, I really want to be just a director to focus, you know, just a director, very small job, just focus on that piece of the puzzle. And we spent like two months really adapting it from a prose essay to a story script. And so, okay. So when did you, what year are you in school when you, when you first heard it? I think we were juniors in school. Okay. Yes. And we were taking this class, right? This uh, actor, his name's Daniel J. Watts. He's in Hamilton. He's on Maisel. He's amazing. And he yeah. was teaching us like, no more acting. You must now make your own things. Gotcha. And we were like, no, 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 no. And then he was like, yes. And so we learned to write from what we wanted to talk was about. Is that the what the class is called? No more it was acting. Called yeah. <laughs> Basically, it was called devised work. And we were so, you know, we had been learning like Shakespeare and Chekhov and like, we were like, yeah. no, we want a script. We're, we're characters. And he was like, no, you have it all within you. You know, very like Marvel, like it's all within you, everything you need to know. <laughs> well, that's like, it's, 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 I'm, I'm assuming I've talked to like, I've been fortunate enough to talk to a lot of NYU graduates and yeah. everybody praises it. I'm, I, I don't know if you have anything to say about it. <laughs> For me, I always joke like it's, it's totally different for everybody. So like, I know there's a lot of people who didn't love the acting program for me. Like I grew up in Oklahoma, 
Like I had wow. not been exposed to like theater and arts in the same way. So for me, it was really amazing. Like I got there and they were like Shakespeare. And I was like, I've never read this guy or heard of him or, or things like that. So it really taught me how to be an artist. I don't think it taught me necessarily like how to become a famous actor, but it taught me you're an artist. These are your thoughts. These are your feelings. You know, things matter. Which is really born and raised in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I remember like I went I went to uh, I had a film this is back on oh, way older than you so it's like 2005 and okay. so I was at my film got into like the Oklahoma De dead center you went to dead center film festival maybe yeah and bare bones there was a bare bones film festival I don't know if that's oh, close cool. to where Muskogee yeah. Muskogee Oklahoma yes totally and yeah. so I went there and I had a couple festivals in St. Louis and one in, I think one in Kansas anyway so I was doing the tour and I remember, I, I, and it's 2005, so it's like Bush is in the White House. And so I have, I'm Canadian, <laughs> so I have this connotation yeah. of what Oklahomians are. Is that the correct term, Oklahomians? You know, you can coin it now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was like, but on an individual basis, they were just amazing people, right? Yeah. But I yeah. had this like, this group kind of like, oh, there are a bunch of right wing rednecks, blah, 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 right? Oh, so yeah. I was wrong. Yes, you are wrong. And that's the thing I ultimately want to make is pieces about Oklahoma, because there's so many cool, diverse, like very different people. And now it's become this like huge city, which is wild to witness. I heard there's a musical. There's a famous musical. It's called <laughs> Oklahoma, right? So, yeah. There is a famous musical called <laughs> Oklahoma. Yes. So the, Sorry, that's my that, I, that, that actually educated me. I was very yeah. informed me like people individually are amazing people. Right. So then. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's what's so great about like, you know, films and traveling and going to new places. You're like, wow, you're actually cool and great. And it's not all bad. I had a soft spot for Muskogee. I really did. I thought that was a great city. So yeah, you'll have to go back. All right, my, <laughs> I will. My, that's my, my favorite <laughs> film. So you're from Oklahoma. You got into yes. NYU. That must yes. have been a culture shock. <laughs> Yes. I mean, I'm from Oklahoma City, but so like the answer is yes, it was, but I was sort of just like, yeah, this makes total sense. Like I was just like, I always knew I would go. I just, I had never, I went for my audition. So like I went to audition for NYU first time ever in New York City auditioning for the school. And then I walked downstairs and I was like, yeah, I got in. I just like knew, I just like had these feelings, like this is what I'm supposed to do. Um, and I love New York City. It was amazing to be there. And then where's that? So where's Isabel? Where's she from? Isabel's from Vermont. Yeah. So Vermont, Oklahoma, and then <laughs> you guys are transplanted in Los Angeles. Yes. And now we're like truly best friends. Um, her and her husband live close by. Like I see them three times a week and uh, we kind of, it's cool to know, like we all have these deep feelings and have made this thing together and truly we're from such different places. We always say we want to go to each other's like hometowns and experience it kind of yeah. like the bachelor when you take your partner and you're like, we want to take all of our <laughs> friends and do hometowns is, is yeah. our goal. We're I'm familiar with the concept. My wife yeah. got me into it for, for a few seasons. Yeah. You got to do hometowns with all your friends and know what they're talking about when they just. Then I realized that every season's the same season. There's nothing yeah. from a story standpoint, right? Well, they have the Golden Bachelor coming out, which the is golden, like the really, what's the Golden Bachelor. Yeah, this like seventy-five-year-old man is gonna go on the Bachelor as the Bachelor. Like he's like a grandpa. I hope he's seventy-five. I think he's in his seventies. Okay. Um, the first question I have is that is that are they are they, are they the woman going to be in their forties? Are they actually going to be his age? I think they're going to be older. Like I like 50, 60 is the goal. So oh. that's exciting. 
That's a pretty good concept. Well, the bachelor people who started watching the show, they're like getting older, right? So they're going. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly. We're all about the storytelling from it. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Okay. So, okay. So this, so you you said you worked with uh, Isabel, the two leads, uh, Neri, is it Neri and Isabel? It's Nady. Uh, Nady, Isabel, and Rom. Those are all, uh, Isabel and Rom actually were in school with us. Okay. Uh, uh, And so we wrote it for them. And then Nady the actress Isabel had known and uh, we met with her and decided that she was it. And she was fantastic. She was actually pregnant while we were shooting this film. Oh, the wow. whole time. I know. And so there's a lot of like cig- fake cigarette smoking. And if you notice, she doesn't smoke a single cigarette. The hardest part was at the end, there's a bunch of candles in the room and that was very hard for a pregnant woman. <laughs> so then, okay. So that, so then tell me about the, the location. So I guess you have the restaurant at the beginning and then you have like yeah. kind of the streets of, LA which I'm totally. assuming just kind of cheap stole and then totally stole yeah great great <laughs> no great scenes though great kind of like it's, it's a great there's LA scenes that like these streets are very familiar to me but you don't you never really see them in film that often so it's really great to see I I really I was thinking a lot of like licorice pizza Paul Thomas Anderson who wanted just people to run around and that's sort of what I was thinking and sometimes it feels like that in days in our life we're just sort of running from place to place and like got to get around. But yeah, that was in LA. Uh, we also, I, I really love restaurants. I, I work a lot in the restaurant industry, like as a day job. And so like my first film until I met you is shot at a, uh, a dive bar close by, which I wrote for that location. The restaurant in this film, Carelessly There, uh, I have friends in the restaurant industry and I was like, I need this like beautiful space. I'm working on another piece now that's like solely based in restaurants. So I find restaurants very exciting and there's some sort of performative stuff happening at these places, which is definitely what's happening in this film. And so in her, I like, like, it's so funny you mentioned Paul Thomas Anderson because he's all about the inserts, like kind of like random <laughs> inserts before the yeah. scene starts. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what you did in your film. Like you got the coffee pouring. Mm-hmm. It's like to establish the next scene. Like I like opening worlds. I really want yeah. the world to always expand because I think it can always grow so, yeah because yeah. that's what he does and it's like so funny because he like he always like frying eggs or whatever let's go into this he's always doing that in all his films so i found that interesting that's a yeah. really, really cool like I, I like the staging of it too because um from a directorial standpoint you kind of show the distance between her and the boyfriend where you like yeah. it's like you needed a long kind of i guess maybe you just realized it when you were filming there you needed like a long room to show their distance i guess psychologically I guess. yeah yeah that was the goal um, i mean that piece that scene had taken a lot of different edits. I had some in close-ups and I really wanted it to be wide was the goal there as how can we get them as far away from each other as possible compared to the other two characters. And then so in, in uh, so in terms of like uh, your directorial style, I'm just curious because it's like, you're, you're, it's interesting because it's like, you're like, I'm just being nerdy about this, but no, thank like you. Uh, second viewing kind of watching, like you have a lot of tripod shots, but then you also have a lot, a lot of handheld shots and you're like kind of mixing back and forth in the same scene. Yeah. So my whole thing is handheld. Actually, my DP held the whole thing in his, even the, even in the still shots, there's some really even in the still shots. Still shots yeah. That's, that's my DP, Josh Jason. He's holding the whole thing in his hands the whole time. This one was actually um, a big stripped down version for us. Uh, it's like, it's a cannon. Like we're just holding it. Our, he's holding it and he's sort of following them, moving them. That was the goal there. Um, yeah. I, I wanted to, 
I'm really excited by like Adam McKay and Succession, again, how the character and the camera is all one. So I kept wanting it to feel like we could feel the brushstrokes sometimes. Like we could feel the camera sometimes, sometimes we can't. Sometimes we can feel the actor knowing there's a camera there, sometimes we can't. I find that really interesting. So yeah, Adam McKay and then, and then, but then that's like a, he didn't do Succession, but I'm sure you're saying that. And then also- He produces Succession. succession. Sorry. Yeah, he he produces Succession, so oh, he, he created that sort of yeah. camera style of gotcha. like the camera is in it, we're moving, and I find that really interesting. Again, something I'm really trying to blend is like yeah. the cameras here, the actors are here, we're both all working together, which sounds like such an obvious thing, but for me, it's so exciting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, because he does. Yeah, he does produce it, but he didn't. Yeah. So he also directs, obviously, and uh, so totally. Yeah. So, okay, so uh, so tell me about, uh, like, what was your process? You just talked to the DP, everything was handheld. So basically, mm -hmm. it kind of makes things a little bit easier when you're shooting uh, yeah. with the actors. And you're kind of giving the actors kind of, you're, it's a cliche, but you're kind of like letting the actors tell your story in a way, right? Yes. Long yes. shots, I, kind of like yes. focusing on them, right? Yeah, I find that so exciting. I guess because I am an actor, I find it very interesting how directors speak to actors. Some directors love to just do it themselves and then kind of give it to the actor. I love to kind of explain a feeling and then let the actor see what happens. So we did some rehearsals. We talked a lot about it. And we just, we would let them sort of feel it out a couple of times. And then our camera would be a part of that. And then, so did you, in terms of like, did you like storyboard anything or did you just have like a, like a mm -hmm. like kind of prepared story? Oh, you did storyboard? Yeah, I'm a big storyboard person. I'm a big prepared person. I'll probably be remaking a shot list for two months, every single day, going over it and getting excited about it. Um, and then I think that's why me and my DP work so well together because he tended to be more like on the fly, like let's go. And that was really exciting for him. But in my mind, I'd be like, there is a plan here and we're all doing it and you guys are actually executing it. And I'm tricking you into executing what I've been deciding the whole time is sort of my style. I like kind of sit back and then like things are happening and then people will go like, wow, this is going well. And I'm like, yes, because I've thought about it every day for a year and you're doing it. That's amazing. And then so a lot of natural lighting, right? Because you're like yeah. outside and you're kind of inside. Yes. And then until yes. the end where you kind of contrast it and it's like, I guess candle, yeah. it was candlelit, I guess, right? Yeah, I was thinking of Portrait of a Lady on Fire is a film that I really, <laughs> right? And and it's a film about lesbian, you know, they're, they're getting together and what's going to happen. And so that was my big reference for that ending scene. So, okay. So then, so then basically tell me about the last, the last scene, because it kind of, it needs to work, I guess, right? Like for the film to work. It needs to work for the film to work. Yes. Um, that one I would say was definitely built on location. Like that was built in a room and that whole scene was written as, you know, uh, a, you know, five page scene or something. And I decided to, based on the space, break it up into three pieces. So like we're in the room, we go up and we smoke cigarettes and then we go back in the room and everything has changed and it's totally different. And so we really saw this room and I was like, how can I make this, this whole scene and make it feel like time has passed and things have shifted. And, you know, we're shooting in on the very last day. Everybody wants to go home. It's like 10 o'clock. We're at our 12 hours. We got to get out of there. And I know my actress, Nady, was sort of trying to make us happy for some time and was also feeling rushed. And then at the end, I sort of was like, okay, do whatever you need to do. Like, ignore everything in the world. And then we got this amazing 
performance out of her where she's so heartbroken and I had seen her do it so much in rehearsal. I really wanted to get that on camera and we did. And she was beautiful and Isabel was beautiful in it too. Yeah. It's a, it's a really intense scene. It's a really, it's really like you, you could see the emotions on both of their, their faces. Yeah. And it's really, it's like a one shot, like the, the scene where they, where they're, they kiss for the first time. It's like, it seems like a, like, it's like what, like a 90 second shot. Yeah. So that, um, that is that shot at um, the writer Isabel's house. And this is a funny, her husband has built a catio. Do you know what a catio is? I should, but I don't. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. It's, it's a, it's a hangout for your cat. So like, no, I wouldn't, they, yeah, okay. <laughs> so they built it outside of the window and like the cat can go from the room to outside. It'll all connect, I promise. And so the cat goes and plays outside. And so it's sort of like this wire cage outside of your window. And we were like, wanted them to go out the window, but we were like, but now there's this like wire there and what are they doing and how? And so we just set the camera in the catio and just let them do their thing. Like we're all pretty far away from them as they're acting, cameras here, just facing them and we just let them go. So you always need a catio, I think. That sounds like a, like a, an invention that you guys can copyright and sell to other filmmakers. <laughs> I guess that's our only fully steady shot too, now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, that that is a steady catio yeah. shot. We Forget can... about the tripod, do the catio. Yeah, <laughs> the catio. So my first thought is that he must really love his cat. So does he have one yeah. or two cats? He has one cat. Um, their cat's name is Beep. He's very obsessed with her. And yeah, Catio saved us. <laughs> and then you kind of like, you, you're like the push and pull, right? With the, like, with the actors, right? You're, that's yeah. very conscious on your part to like, and he was doing the, he was doing the focus pulling while he was shooting as well. Yeah. Yeah. And we had shot another piece together that's longer. It's 20 minutes. And that we had a bigger team. We had different people pulling focus. And with this one, we were like, we're dialing it down. We're going so much smaller. He was going to pull focus. And that's why I was like, I know this has to be my DP. I know these have to be my actors. It was really the perfect storm. So, cause yeah, it's pretty, if, it's, it's, if, you, if he's doing it, like it's pretty amazing that he was able to do that. Pretty amazing. I know. I hope I know. someone gave him a pat on the back when you saw the footage. <laughs> Oh, he has plenty. Of, he's a he's a film producer, so he he feels good. <laughs> and so then, tell me about uh, post production. Uh, did you have do you have a, do you have an editor? Like, how do you how do you do the, the how do you? Uh... Yeah, the edit. I love an editor. The editor on this was Elisa Daniels. Um, she's a TV editor normally, so that was really cool to take this piece and that felt very indie film and add some television elements to it, just in the pacing. Sure. Um, yeah, I am a big like. I, after I shoot, I make an editor's script. So I essentially rewrite the script based on what happened. And then I go through all the shots and kind of puzzle them together in ways that I like. Mm -hmm. And then me and her go back and forth from there. It took a while, honestly, to sort of shape story. Like for example, this whole film actually was written with voiceover. So the whole film was written with Elaine's voiceover, the main character, and we're much more in depth with her we're much closer to her and throughout some editing process because I wanted everybody to feel good I wanted the writer to feel good I wanted the editor to feel good I wanted the actors to feel good which is probably a downfall of mine that I want everybody to feel so good yeah. I experimented quite a bit with it and then I decided and I wrote Isabel the writer a really long email and I was like hi I'm so sorry we're not going to do voiceover we're going to change it you know I want us to be 
more showing, not telling. I want us to really kind of figure out our own sense of her. I sent her this long email. Five seconds later, she texts me. Okay, sounds good. Trust you. (laughs) Which is like the goal to have such a good working relationship. Well, everybody will feel good when, (laughs) when like, you're going to have conflicts no matter what. But everybody will feel good when the movie's good. Right. <laughs> That's what I learned. It's like, doesn't like you can, you can basically piss people off part of my, you know, but you can, right. as long as the movie's good, nobody remembers those conflicts. Yeah. But it's hard because you got to kind of convince them the movie's going to be good with your right. No, I get it. I so get that's, it. How do you do it? How, Cause you're a director as well. How do you go throughout that process of deciding and deciding which um, battles to pick? You just like I, I just remember a couple of times where like you just like even battling with the cinematographer, like mm-hmm. uh this guy I work with, like he was Polish and they have a different kind of mentality. And like this is my vision, this is what I want to do. And he didn't believe any of it. And then what's what's their mentality? What do the Polish think? <laughs> Polish mentality is that they pick the shots. You were in a general sense, like you work with the actors, you mm. work with the set decoration, you work with like all the but then they 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 have more of a of good, they they know the camera, so I didn't know that. Wow, yeah, it's a, it's it's a European kind of mentality. I don't even know, like it's it brings street now, but yeah, very much so. We're like you're you're so they like you don't, they don't like storyboards. They like wow. to, they like to feel it on set, right? They're, wow. they're they like to be the creators, right? The, the the visual creators on set, right? So yeah, that must be hard. That that the director do a lot of them direct as well. Like if they're cinematographers, do they sometimes? Yeah. But you see a lot of you see a lot of Polish cinematographers in the industry, right? Yeah, it's just yeah. one of those things, right? <laughs> and so yeah, that's that's that. their vision. So, but then, but then sometimes you just like I guess the it's like a cheating answer, but sometimes you have to get through the first film basically <laughs> for trust to occur, right? Yes. Yes, yes. And that's how I feel with this film and the yeah. first film I did. I, I feel very lucky that like, wow, I've gotten some people in my corner and I I can see how to work with people. Yeah. And then so then then also too, like if you have a body of work that that it's all like it's like a catch twenty two, right? You have to have the mm-hmm. body of work to get the yes. confidence and get people on board, right? But then you have to make a first film and a second film to get people on board here. Yeah. So it's like, it's like acting, right? Like you got to get the credits to get in the union, but yeah, that's the whole story of the industry is like, what do I do? Who's going to give me permission? How do I move forward? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But then, yeah, (laughs) then just people like, and a lot of people want, want that. Like a lot of what I found is a lot, it's like actors, like crew members, sound people, they want direction. That's what they're there. Mm. They want, they actually want to, they don't want to drive the, like they don't want to drive the car they want yeah. someone else to drive the car and it makes them feel safe about and then they can create within that concept right yeah i mean that's how i feel at a at a party i'm hosting i'm kind of deciding what everybody's going to do and feel and it's better if i do that on set and not in my personal life <laughs> yeah no no it's so we, we, we there's relationships like that right like there's usually yeah. one there's there's families like matriarch there's a matriarch or a patriarch they're the ones who are and then the matriarch of the family is like you know, they're the ones who are driving the car of the family, right? So yeah, yeah, I'll and, remember that. <laughs> people, but people want that. People kind of crave that, right? So mm. it's like it's when, and then when someone and someone's trying to is trying to is, is mostly it's there from their insecurity. As you act as an actor, you you understand. I'm not yeah. trying to put them in the actors in no. one basket, but there's insecurity if they're conf they're they're having conflict with you. That's it's about them more about not really about you, I guess, right? Yeah, no, completely. And that's the, 
I'm so excited to like understand that from that perspective and then move forward in a way of communicating with actors and people on set and yeah. It's like relationships. It's like uh, it's like instead of embracing the fear that you have, it's better just to get in an argument. Because <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> yes. Well, something my DP again, who I've worked with on all my films, has said to me. He says, "You get one battle. You know, I guess maybe in a short, you get one big battle versus like in a uh, feature, maybe you get a couple more." And so that's something I really think about: is how much can I let go of, and how much do I really want to hold on to? It's the constant push and pull. But then at the same time, like there's been there's been many films where like people argue during for six months and then they make a great <laughs> film, right? I know it's it's a whole whole thing there. So we sent the uh, the audience to you, and really not to sound like a yes. cliche, but it's all about the audience. What did you think? What the audience had to say about your film oh my and the feedback? Gosh. I was blown away, and I I was going to ask you actually if I could like email those people and who they are and how I can say thank you for them taking the time to watch this. I, it truly, it was so thrilling to have people get something that I've been thinking about every single day for over a year and have somebody get just little pieces of it and also pick up on their own pieces of it and what they are relating to from their own experience. So that is so cool that your festival does that. I was truly blown away. I watched it a million times. So. Yeah, it's so a cool. pretty like I I got I'm not, I don't say this like all the time, but it's like a, this is a pretty great film. It's it's like uh, that's it's, really nice. What I'm trying to say is that I'm like I I'm just, I, I I'm being genuine when I say this, but it's Thank really you. nicely directed, nicely performed. Like there's there's I saw talent when I was watching this film. Like oh, there's something really there's something this like it's like because it's a story that we've seen before and in a certain extent, but you gave it an original kind of uh, point of view of it. So. Thank you. It, you. You don't sugarcoat the ending. It's it is what it is, right? <laughs> I think the ending is somebody realizing something. I think Elaine doesn't get to is not good at making decisions, it, which is something that I personally don't relate to as a director. I love to make decisions. I love to decide things, and so something we were always deciding when making this film is how do we write for somebody who doesn't do anything, who doesn't move forward, who because that's what films do—they move forward. There's momentum. Who just lets things happen to them? So I think at the end, that very last second is, oh. I'm not making any decisions or, oh, this has all hit me just now. And what the fuck is going to happen now? Yeah. hundred percent. So what, so what are you doing now? Like, what are you making? Um, are you acting? I, I know the strike is going on. But... Yeah. I mean, I'm an indie filmmaker, right? So um, I'm not working with any studios. So yeah. I'm still, I always say every day is a new day for me. I just produced a short about two weeks ago, we finished um, with a filmmaker that I had met at a festival, and I was just the producer on it, um, which was awesome to get to lend these skills creatively to, I helped a lot with the actors, a lot with the director. Um, it was a short romantic comedy that we just finished two weeks ago. And then moving forward, I'm acting in a short in the next two weeks as well. And then there's a piece that I've made that's an experimental video essay about the concept of cheersing like clicking drinks together that i really hope to shoot by the end of the year so that i will direct and act in as well amazing so you're just you're keeping busy i'm keeping busy every day is a new day nobody sort of tells me what to do i just wake up and i'm like okay what where am i going now <laughs> yeah. but then i'm assuming when the strike is back on the agent will kind of like say you have to be here at this time for this audition uh, 
I hope so. <laughs> That's sort of how everybody feels is I hope so. And um, for me, like, I really want to uh, keep directing is really what I want to do. I want to direct episodic television. So I'm definitely like, yeah. I would dream of working with an agent to help me do that i'm sure that's how a million directors that you talk to one no but uh, you know what it's funny that you mentioned that because i i kind of see that i believe that that's that's what your future is going to be it's that you're going to you. direct, direct episodic tv yeah it's funny when i say episodic because i'm like i guess all tv is episode i guess there's like limited series and yeah but no, you're going to be you're going to be directing television i can i can i can pretty i'm pretty certain of it Wow, that is so nice to hear. Thank yeah, you so two, much. Two, three more shorts, and then you're gonna really like. I know you know you you know what you're doing now, but it's like you'll like. Then it's gonna it's really gonna click for you. So that's so nice. And you're still directing too, right? No, no, I, I this is what I do. I, I've uh, retired. Wow. How does it feel to watch a million different people's films? Like, do you feel jaded ever? Or no, are, I love are it. you excited? Like, yeah. That's what I realized because I, I had a crossroads. Like it's yeah. The, so basically, this this is what this is what I know. It's, this is this is where I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be here. So wow, I love your way of speaking about things. It's really beautiful. <laughs> you say it's supposed to be, and I, that's good to hear. Yeah. So it's it like a, scary sometimes, but sometimes you get you get. It's about burn. Everybody suffers burnout, but then mm-hmm. I just have to take a break, right? And just basically, yeah. and, and basically, sometimes it it I, I prepare for it, and sometimes I it basically. And it comes like you know what I mean. Like it's something you just feel it. You're feeling. The oh, work. totally, totally. And you don't want to start. Just... You don't want to start not liking something, right? So yeah, yeah. With this job, I mean, we work. You work all hours of all days. There's no sort of like pausing, and so of course that's what happens. And so it's really also about taking care of yourself, as you're saying. Yeah. So yeah, this is yeah, this is like I love this. This is like something. Oh, that that's I really so cool. Care, so, I I mean, it truly. Again, it's so nice to have you all watch my film and care about it. And um, it means a lot. So truly, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Well, let's talk again uh, when yeah. you make your next film. And like I said, keep at it because I think you're on to something. So. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Schlemiel, Schlemazel, Hasenbeck Incorporated. We're going to do it.